We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Owning isn't everything, but it's the only thing. In our business, there is no second place. Either you're first or you're last. Exactly two minutes remain in this football game. Dallas leads Green Bay 17-14. Shar on third down. Third and goal. Quarterback. Four seconds left. Green Bay Packers are going to be world champions, NFL champions for the third straight year. Lays it up for Freeman, and it's incomplete. And or did he cave in the catch at the 15? Yes. What are they going to roll it? He caught it. Touchdown. He did what? Rodgers in trouble. It's going to get there. He turned 32 yesterday. Does he have a vintage moment in it? In the end zone. It is caught for the win. Richard Rodgers. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Talk of the Tundra, your Green Bay Packers podcast, the proud partner of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and the Eurostep Podcast Network. As always, I am your host, Numac. Coming back to you after all the cutdown uh, news, all the practice squad signing news, and uh, now we're getting to predictions for the 2023 season. But joining me, as always, is my trusty co-host, Jordan Trusky. Jordan, how you doing, buddy? Doing well, doing well. Happy Labor Day, everybody. Happy Labor Day to put the timestamp of when we are recording this podcast. <laughs> That's the uh, the quintessential thing to do in podcasts. Date date your work. <laughs> Yeah, day you work, immediately it is old. Exactly, exactly. But as we've mentioned, uh, last Tuesday, the Packers made the cut from 90 down to 53, and then to 51, and then back up to 53 again, <laughs> as they made a couple of moves. That's true. Um, the two name, I guess, I should say, high the highlighted ones, the ones that really mattered were, um, they claimed Zane Anderson, a safety off of the waiver wire, as well as tight end Ben Sims, um, Zane Anderson, a primarily special teams guy that was that would replace Tariq Carpenter, who was waived to make room for him, and then Jonathan Ford was waived to make room for Ben Sims. So um, I think Justin, or Justin Jordan, you had said that um, all of 113-ish snaps were from uh, on special teams from Zane Anderson. Yes, I, I reading up on everything last week, picked that up from just Mosquito over at Acme Packing Company. 
Um, played for the Chiefs, I believe was cut by the Bills, mm-hmm. if yep. memory serves, yes. Um, and yeah, has battled a lot of injuries, but very tested very well athletically when he was coming out in uh in his draft year in twenty twenty one and you know, still sticking around. Um obviously at the expense of Tariq Carpenter, who really it again, I we'll go into Jonathan Ford too, but kind of a victim of not really having a position, even though he would never really be relied on that. Um ideally, but you know, it was a tough, tough uh Tough summer for him and didn't really fit into the linebacker mold. Um, I believe Tariq Carpenter pick, got picked up by the Steelers on the their practice squad. He did. So, yeah, found a home pretty quickly and, you know, best of luck to him. But, yeah, it's obviously not going to be in Green Bay moving forward. Same kind of plan probably for him in, in Pittsburgh. Just be a special teams guy for a team that's yeah. in a similar spot as the Packers. Yeah, so I guess so. it's mostly everyone just swapping around all of their stuff to see what fits, what doesn't, and if they can have any, if they can find any players similar to how the Packers found um, Russell Douglas and Devondre Campbell those years ago. So, mm-hmm. um, but then, like we said, Jonathan Ford was waived to make room for Ben Sims, um, the tight end, and then Jonathan Ford was re-signed to the practice squad. Uh, Jonathan Ford, one of the players on the D line that we had talked about uh, last week, that we weren't really sure. If, they were, if he was going to make it or if he should make it just because of the level of talent they had across that defensive line ends up making the roster but ultimately not making the 53-man roster once the slew of moves were complete makes the practice squad instead yeah, depth piece I know Matt LaFleur uh, specifically was very um, uh, willing to give up praise to Ford anytime he talked about him but kind of just look at the defensive line depth chart, and you see two promising rookies on top of a second-year starter and Devontae Wyatt, who all are chomping at the bit to get a lot of snaps, never mind the fact that TJ Slayton's on there, and obviously the the, the linchpin to everything that the Packers do defensively almost, uh, Kenny Clark. Um, yeah, just that's, it's, it's tough. It's tough to crack that. And then you have everything else with on the line on the edge and, you know, just, you know, Good summer, but not enough to kind of really uh, take hold and you know hold the spot. Obviously, going in, <laughs> he made the fifty three, but didn't make it that much longer. Right, exactly. And there's always one of those moves, one way or the other. So hopefully, he can work on his, his craft on the practice squad and be ready to go. Should there be any sort of injuries um, to that D line, which seemingly there always are. Um, yeah. Last bit of news regarding the the claims and the the releases. Uh, ben Sims. Not a very highly regarded tight end coming uh, out of college. He attended uh, Baylor. He was drafted or undrafted this year by and was with the Vikings. Um, ends up signing a three-year two or I'm sorry, yeah, a three million two three, Jesus three-year two million dollar contract with the Vikings, and then the Packers obviously picked that up with their um, by claiming him off, claiming him off of waivers. So, um, Jordan, you have Dame Brugler's beast. Um, excerpt about Ben Sims, do you not? Yes, I do. Um, besides going into his background and just what he did at Baylor and everything like that, basically just said, overall, Sims is a balanced athlete with steady hands, but he isn't a threat after the catch and needs to turn his losses into stalemates as an NFL blocker. Um, that's from Dame Brugler's uh, Beast from this year's draft. Um, if memory serves as well... I believe the Packers 
brought in Ben Sims. I for, forget who to attribute this, but I saw this after the fact. They brought Ben Sims in for a top 30 draft visit this year, mm. which is very interesting. And I believe there are some contractual things, too, that um, they had only given like a certain amount of money to the undrafted free agents or, or whatever it is. I'm, I'm some very old right now, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's basically just saying like he, they capitalize on a good contract, at least um, in that sense. And then obviously something that they can develop and, you know, behind the other two rookie tight ends, bring it to four undrafted free agents that have made the roster this year. Which, that's, again, that's pretty crazy. Pretty crazy. Very crazy. And just shows to, the youth and depth of hopefully depth hopefully. <laughs> of this team and the core that they're starting to build now. I, I definitely think it's interesting that they chose to go um, with another tight end, given that they have um, obviously Luke Musgrave as a rookie, Josiah DeGuara, who's still developing and is coming into his own, hopefully. But then Tucker Craft, who is like clearly the uh, like developmental Dude. tight end that they have. And so to bring in a, a fourth, like, tight end and that have that fourth one be a just a project in and of itself and then have him take up a roster spot was certainly interesting to me like i i just didn't really know if that roster spot was best used on um on ben sims we'll see and i guess if they brought him in for um for some looks before as like a the pre-draft workouts they might see something in him that they want to sort of pull out of him but I, I just don't know if four tight ends is really the way to go with it, especially knowing that he's not the most keen blocker and is still having to work on his route running and his pass catching. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's uh, an inspired choice. I believe the there was other news that there was a third claim that they made in. They probably made more claims that, that has been reported. Mm-hmm. But I believe his name was Elijah Higgins, who got picked up by Arizona? Maybe. I should have had this. I can go look. When, yeah, but um, um, but another tight end. I think he was a, a wide receiver. Yeah, he got picked up by Arizona. Okay, wide receiver that converted to a tight end. Um, out of Stanford, it looks like. Yeah, gotcha. And uh, yeah, they are clearly targeting that position. Obviously, Tyler Davis being hurt, Deguara being a tight end, but he's also an H back. But you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then, and I believe this is his last year of his contract too so yeah I there guess, is go ahead sorry oh i was just gonna say like there is some need to kind of i guess fill the back end of that mm-hmm. obviously it's not veteran experience which is another topic for another day probably <laughs> but we'll see how this works out with the packers because you know clearly we know luke musgrave is gonna be tight at one and then kind of falls on another line right I, th- I think it's definitely interesting that – I should say interesting. I, I do remember now that they had four last year. They had um, Bobby Tunyon, Mercedes Lewis, Tyler Davis, and Josiah DeGuar all on the roster. So I guess it's not out of the realm of how the Packers have operated the last few years to, to bring in Sims to be the fourth guy. I just wish he was a little more refined um, in his skills as a, as a yeah. fourth tight end because, like – Tyler Davis as the fourth tight end, Mercedes Lewis as quote unquote the fourth tight end, because Mercedes Lewis great blocking tight end. Like he was he was in there because he was very good at blocking. Bobby Tunyon okay at blocking, better uh, while receiving tight end. But then 
Josiah Aguara and Tyler Davis developing were both trying to hold holding their own in their own facets of what they do. I'm not sure Ben Sims fits into that into either category very well. Um, mm-hmm. At Baylor, he had uh, 31 receptions in both of the last two years, totaling 361 and 255 yards both years, and then six TDs and 21 three TDs in uh, 2022. So um, Baylor was was good these last few years. So worth knowing that he was part of like a, a winning program. But mm-hmm. overall, I think it's just an interesting pickup as to rather than not go like either trade for somebody like Mo Alley Cox if the price wasn't so high or um, just any other tight end on the market versus a undrafted rookie to go with your two other rookies and yeah. Josiah DeGuara. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, look at the whole receiving core. It is right. super young, super not immature, but just inexperienced. Yeah. Um, I, I think that's like the only part is like that. I'm, I was like a little quote, like I guess worried about is just mm-hmm. that if you're going to go in experience, I would rather just have a little bit of experience yes. like, like in, in that roster um, position. Josiah DeGuara is kind of that, but he also kind of isn't like he hasn't really yeah. had the, the full workload that like Bobby Tunyon had um, or that Marseille's Lewis had over the course of his career. It's yeah. just, you have four pretty, pretty new uh, tight ends in that room. It's, it's obviously a young room and they are going to use tight ends quite often, which is why I wish they had a little more experience, at least from somebody um, going in. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I said we weren't going to talk about it and now I'm sitting here thinking about it. We ought to talk about Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. I, know, I know we said we weren't. JT. I know we said we weren't. But I'm sitting here, and I'm just like, it, it, there there was smoke, probably no fire, probably an ember, if anything, knowing that uh, the Colts wanted Jalen Waddle back from the Dolphins for Jonathan Taylor, which is a mm-hmm. whole other conversation to have. But one of the reports that came out was that the Packers inquired about Jonathan Taylor to see um, what his price was or if they could trade for him. I'm guessing it was an absurd price, given the Packers have two first next year and a whole lot of young players. Um, I guess regardless of the point, I think it's interesting that it did come out, even though I think somebody reported, I'm not sure who, um, that the extent... Ryan Wood. Ryan Wood reported that the extent of them reaching out was a scout talking to like another scout in the Colts organization about like what JT's price would be. So with all that being said... I think it's peculiar and interesting that the Packers were linked to Jonathan Taylor, given we are entering possibly a different era of running back between Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. Like AJ Dillon could be, could be gone for this year. If he doesn't perform as well as he would hope, as we talked about before on this podcast, um, Aaron Jones's contract contract situation is perpetually um, an issue. I shouldn't say an issue a thing. The Packers have to navigate to make sure they're under the cap um, every year. So he could be a cap casualty come um, the end of this NFL year, which I think ends in March, right right after the Super Bowl. So if they were trying to trade for Jonathan Taylor and then give him his contract, I'm not sure it's entirely a bad process, but I think it's interesting that you'd be, be giving him up such a big contract so soon 
for one, they'd have to give Jordan Love his contract as well if he pans out. Yes. It was strange. Much like everything around the Jonathan Taylor saga. Mm-hmm. Just because it's clear he realizes where they're at. He is, at when healthy, a bona fide uh, near to elite running back. I mean, he was a rushing leader, what, uh, two years ago? Yeah. Um, he's <laughs> wants to be with a winning team, all that stuff, and blah, 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 blah. I... We see see this at the NBA all the time of like teams that you wouldn't necessarily think that would be in the market for a guy that wants out. They, you know, they're holding their chips a little bit and they're ready to kind of pounce on maybe a market inefficiency or whatever. Um, I think that is kind of the play here because of you see all summer how running backs have been treated where you see top tier guys when healthy like Dalvin cook or Ezekiel Elliott or whatever, get cut from their teams, uh, get picked up by jets and Patriots respectively for one year deals, good money, but not like it's, it's essentially a one year flyer. And, you know, with the volatility, with the running back room beyond this year with the Packers, Brad Coon Koontz is looking around. He's looking at where he can strike. And all that stuff. And it's it's fair. It's also fair for the Colts to ask for the moon because this is their big trade ship. And when you look at what the Packers have, you have it with picks and young players and all that stuff, that's clean slate stuff. Mm-hmm. When you're you know, it's I know it's egregious to ask for Jalen Waddle and all that stuff, but they are in the right to ask for that, even when the Dolphins say no. You know what I mean? Right. Part exactly. of what happens. It's not that crazy. You know, this happens all the time. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think it's just the nature of the situation, the fact that he's clearly not coming back. He's He wants out. He's done. He's willing to ride out the last year of his contract. And then, you know, maybe he gets traded before the trade deadline. I doubt it. But it's certainly a long <laughs> gestating situation that all stemmed from him changing agents and obviously his unhappiness with the team's direction prior to all all that, because the Colts were really a dumpster fire last year. And, you know, it was a youth movement was going to happen regardless. Um, So yeah, a very strange situation. I don't, I ultimately think it's a nothing burger, but I don't think it's, I don't think it's anything out of the ordinary of a guy, a GM looking to strike when he thinks that, you know, this is maybe the best play that he can do versus whatever. Right. Like I, I definitely think that he's right in wanting to leave that, that organization. I think the timelines they have are just a little too different for it to really matter and be of, of substance to Jonathan Taylor. Like I don't think Anthony Richardson's really drawing in Jonathan Taylor just because it's, no. it's just, they're on, the, they're on different timelines. He's 24, I think, just turned 24. Um, or no, turns 25 this fall, it looks like. And so he's just not really on that same timeline and whatnot. Like I said, wants to compete. Um, and wants to get paid. And wants to get paid, too, because you know, they yeah. pay running backs. They that, that just have to. Yeah. And so um, I, I always forget what the 
um, like stipulations are for the the franchise tag. But like, it, I can see this going ugly so fast. Like, if it, it it's already pretty freaking ugly. Yeah, I was just saying, it's, it's already it's pretty ugly, ugly. But it can get like paper like paper bags over overheads ugly. If he doesn't play this year, then they like franchise franchise tag him next year. Like, I just. I guess I said yeah. I don't I don't know the, the stipulations of that and how if like if he's even allowed to be franchise tagged, but it'd be crazy to not trade him and then lose him for nothing. Like I just don't think that's what they do. I don't think so either. But... So and like wh- whether that's trading with a deadline or like I said franchise tagging if they can. But in my brief research of how like how like who you can offer a franchise tag to or tag somebody as, it's I couldn't find like a. They need to be X Y Z kind of stuff, kind of like yeah. how like kind of like how like max contracts in the NBA have. You need to have you need to fit two of these three things. They don't really have that for the for the franchise yeah. take as I can find it right now. So yeah. ultimately, I don't blame the Packers for inquiring, but I also don't blame them for not do, for not trading for me either. Yeah. So yeah. Should we get to the meat of the pod? We're twenty minutes in, and we got some predictions to make. And do you want to introduce the people? to uh, what's going on here. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Yes, I shall. So this concept was rattling around my brain where, you know, a little peek behind the curtain, Wizard of Oz style. Not that I'm the Wizard of Oz. You know what I mean? I was planning out like, oh, we're we're approaching week one. What would be a fun pod, you know, in in lieu or not in lieu, but in lockstep with? Oh, we're obviously going to do our normal preview, not to tip our hat um, when we record that next. But I was like, we need a little bit more, just kind of like what's going to you know rile up the people. Week one, football is always here, ladies and gentlemen. We're so you can smell it. Yeah, sorry. Um, I've had these predictions rattling around my brain, and I've been teasing Newmark. I'm like, we're doing a prediction pod, and he's like, I thought we kind of did one. I'm like, no, <laughs> not my kind of predictions. They're kind of your standard, 
there, there's some standard questions in here. There's a little bit of twists and turns with considering the season that we are entering and some of the ties that we may be having with other teams in the NFL, if you catch my drift. Um, yeah, this is – we're doing predictions. We're going to go through, I hope – Every facet of the Green Bay Packers in some general t- way, and uh, I think you guys will enjoy it. I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm going in blind. I have no idea what any of these predictions are, so it's going to be off the cuff, off the top of my head. Uh, predictions, I guess. <laughs> are you ready? <laughs> Let's get into it. Okay, question one. I wanted to do a very interesting kind of over, under, stat line, whatever. This is obviously centered on Jordan Love. And I was looking at, hey, Aaron Rodgers' first year as a starter. Let's use that as a baseline for Jordan Love's first year as a starter. Kind of fair, right? So I want to say, do you think, or do you think Jordan Love passes for 4,000 yards or higher or lower Explain this very terribly already. It is first year as a starter. And then we'll get through every other stat category. Aaron Rodgers did. Okay. So over under 4,000 yards for Jordan Love. Yes. I did the, the quick maths. Uh, 4,000 yards divided by 17 yards or 17 games is around 235 yards per game. Mm-hmm. I think under. I, th- I think... I think there's going to be a lot of run game in this in this offense, and for him to go over 200, which it took Rodgers a lot to do last year, is going to be, I think, tough. I think in his career, he'll surpass that quite easily, just not this year. I will also say under, for the same reasons that I think this is a very running-based team. Um, I'm, t- I'm also going to keep track of these predictions. Oh, you so got them? Revisit- okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So you can revisit them as we go on throughout the year. Or at the end of the year, at least. Yep. Over under, 28 touchdowns. Total or passing? Passing. That's a good question. Um, I want to look and see, like, who... Give me give me a like a, a bad quarterback. Like, someone who played all of last year. Did Desmond Ritter play all last year? No. Um, Mac Jones. Bad? He played all of last year. Yes, he did. Or most of it, if, if, if anything. Mac Jones, New England Patriots quarterback. Because I, I want to, like, put it up, up against some, like, different stats of, like, over under 28. Because I think that's definitely worth worth knowing what he did last year. So, and he played 14 games last year and had 14 touchdowns. Yeesh. Um <laughs> He's probably gonna pick the worst his, one. His rookie year, he played. He had played a full season and had twenty-two. He had tw- he asked over twenty-eight. Yes, under over twenty-eight. <sighs> I will give my answer while you wait. Yeah, give yours. I think it will be slightly under. Can I push? Can I say twenty-eight? You can. I'm gonna push. Push twenty-eight. I think he. I think he might get there because I think he's a better quarterback than Mac Jones is. <laughs> yes, but um, I think in a similar way that 
he won't reach 4,000 yards, there's going to be a lot of rushing touchdowns in there versus um, passing touchdowns, which I guess isn't so much in the same vein, I, I, sh- I should say. If you're down towards the goal line, like he's been throwing those back shoulder fades quite well, which like mm-hmm. isn't a lot of yards, but counts for at least one touchdown. He's on the so, he's on the board. Exactly. So yeah, I think he gets like I think he gets twenty eight. Plus twenty eight. Yep. Over under thirteen interceptions. Under. 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 Yeah. Wow. Yeah, because he didn't show poor decision making in preseason. And like over thirteen's almost won a game. And I don't think he does that. Sure, he might have a game where he shoots those like one or two, but I think he throws a significantly more amount of games where he just doesn't throw one at all. I might actually go push here. Yeah. Actually, no, I'm going to go over. Slightly over. I should just have, like, pro football reference of, like, quarterback staffs. So I can, like, look at all this in, in real time. Are these all separate questions, or is this one question? This is one question. Okay. Promise. I, this is the longest question. No, I just wanted to make sure that we weren't blowing through these. Um, okay. Over under 93.8 passer rating. That is what Aaron Rodgers had as first year starter. Um, passer rating. I think 93. I think by your... By your statistical projections here, I think it would technically be over. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking. That QBR, right, is what we're going for? QBR is a separate stat, but I believe I have it here. Oh, okay. I have right here. I have right here. What is the number? 93.8. Hmm. And Rogers' QBR in his first year as a starter was 62.9. In his first year? First year as a starter. Was 62? 62.9 and then I believe it went up to 80 like a what year, did you like, where did you pull 93 from just like pro football uh reference was the average of like this year or or last year no 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 the, his first year as a starter Rogers was 93 okay I thought you said Sorry. like his like it was like 60 or something I don't know where that like, was his QBR Oh, got it, got it, got it. I, I have, I have, I have right both. now. Yeah, I have right now. Um, I'm gonna say under, because ninety three point eight last year puts him at twelfth best, uh, in front of Justin Herbert, and I don't think. <laughs> you don't think I don't think he's Justin Herbert. Okay, I'm taking a more of an analytical approach to this, so I apologize, but like, the the like QBR, I couldn't tell you like what a what a average QBR is. Wait, no, what number did you take? Sorry, what number were you saying for pass rate? 93.8? Yeah, is what? That would have been 12th best last year? Yeah. Man, the quarterbacks suck. Yeah. That that doesn't seem like, that seems like let a... Me, let, let me double check that this is the right quarterback rating. Yeah. Yeah, quarterback rating, not QBR. Not that's QBR. Because ES, ESPN is, is QBR. Yeah. This On pro football reference, there's a toggle. Like a, a column. Yeah. It, just, it just says rate. So. Huh. I feel like that's like a, maybe, yeah, what is, I should have looked to, this up to, as well. To, the, topping <laughs> the list was Tua at 105.5. Second is Patrick Mahomes at 105.2. Then Jimmy G at 103. Jalen Hurts at 101. Gino and 
Joe Burrow at 100.998. So, like, it's there. there's bad quarterbacks at the bottom and good ones at the top. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> so, like, yeah. I, I'm just taking it like that. So, yeah, I, I don't think he's better than Justin Herbert, Kirk Cousins, or Lamar Jackson this year. I think he could be better okay. than Kirk Cousins, but um, for sure not better than Justin Herbert this year. So, I'm just going to recap this because this, this is the longest one. Okay. We are both under 4,000 yards. Yes. You have a push on 28 touchdowns. I am under 28 touchdowns. I'm over 13 interceptions. You are under 13 interceptions. And we are both under on a 93.8 passer rating. Yes. Yes. Which I still think could be a good season. Just that's that's a tough passer rating to really like get up there with. It just also shows you how good Rodgers was right away, and even if yeah. the team wasn't right away. 93.8, uh, not as good as Rodgers, or would have been better than Rodgers last year. Yeah. For what it's worth. Yeah. So. All right. Question two. Question two. Very easy one, I think. Which Packer will have the most rushing touchdowns in 2023? Oh, Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones for sure. I, 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 I hope also, I hope it is. <laughs> <laughs> that is where my uh, where I wanted this question to go. That we both just go. I hope it is. I hope yeah. it's Aaron Jones. Yeah, um, I could see. I could see AJ Dillon having a Jamal Williams type of year where he just gets a bunch of one yard rushing touchdowns. Like if they, I had that thought too. If they really want to see if he's worth the squeeze, then. Why not use him in situations where? Remember last year how mad we get when they just wouldn't run on fourth and one. I should mention. Are you ready? Because I will have contextual pieces, and this is the first one. Okay. Aaron Jones had two rushing touchdowns last year. AJ Dillon had seven. Yeah, I think. <laughs> I think it's a little different because that a lot of Aaron Jones's rushing or touchdowns came out like receiving, and it's just like get he, five. Yeah, so like he he gets utilized different. In different ways like that, um, but I'd imagine they use him a little, as a little more traditional back, given um, the new look offense they'll have with Jordan Love. Question number three: We were on this riding this train last year, and it 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 didn't end as badly as we thought. But we were it the season just was what it was. Will the Packers have two one thousand yard rushers this year? Oh, and when it sorry, go ahead. I will say this, not to sway you one way or the other, but I think I already know your answer. There have been seven times where a team has had two 1,000-yard rushers in a single season. Okay. Last time that happened was the 2019 Ravens with Lamar Jackson and Mark Ingram, who yeah. I forgot was a Baltimore Raven. He was a Raven for a, <laughs> for a few years. He was, and I forgot. <laughs> um, no, absolutely not. I know. I don't. I, I think they have two seven hundred yard rushers for sure, but not not a thousand. That's a, that's a lot of production on AJ Dillon, frankly. Because AJ Dillon, huh? I'm joking, 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 joking. I'm not saying Jordan Love. <laughs> like I, I, if if Jordan Love is running for a thousand yards, something has gone wrong. Something is very. I will agree with that. But like something has gone wrong. AJ Dillon, unless he explodes this year, his career high was two years ago in 21 with 803 yards. Last year, in a quote-unquote down year, he had 770. So, like, 
take what you will from that. I just I just don't think there's 200 yards worth of offense from from just him that have that has left the team with Aaron Rodgers being gone. Like I think yeah. the play calling becomes stylistically different with Rodgers departing, but I think if anything that leaves Aaron Jones to get more work in the run game rather than AJ Dillon. Yeah. But hey, if they want to both go for a thousand, I'm not going to be sad about it. I'll, I'll I'll happily be wrong on that one. Yeah, I would love it. Um, question four, I believe. Yes. Which Packer will have the most receiving yards? What a good question. Because <laughs> you're instinctually wanting to say Christian Watson, but I think we saw most of the preseason that Jordan Love like throwing to Romeo Dobbs. And then you mix it. Why I avoided the receptions because I believed I am of the belief, and I think you are as well. Dobbs is going to get a lot of work on the at like the intermediate routes, short. Yeah, where Christian Watson's the you know, let's go for home runs. Yeah, kind of triples. Yeah, home runs kind of guy. Right. Um, and there's Jaden Reed. Receiving yards, right? What you asked? Yes. Receiving yards. And there's Aaron Jones. He won't. I think it is Christian Watson. Christian Watson. Yeah. I think he'll get his footing with Jordan Love and in the offense quite easily once the season gets going. Um and I think he just is he just is too skilled to not be the wide receiver one on this offense. And he's a little less injury prone than than Romeo is. Like I I could see Romeo missing a game or two. I mean, Romeo's already going into week one with a hamstring. Right. So I think that's just like better to bet on the the healthy guy and the the clear wide receiver one right now than the guy who might do it. Like I think that's it's just an option. Hopefully Jaden Reed could help out there, but I don't think he's getting the the leading receiving yards um this year. Sneak sneaky black horse pick is uh Luke Musgrave. I know that's like all the primary like reception people, but like with how much they worked him in already, if he can explode onto the onto the scene, he might be able to to sneak in as the leading receiving uh, yardage receptor, uh, pass catcher. Holy moly! <laughs> uh, I will also go with Christian Watson for the same reasons. I think he is. He can have like one or two, or even three games where he just produces so many yards where they just get everything works fires on all cylinders that it can literally just lift him up <laughs> where he's the leading receiver in terms of just yardage and have like 50 catches or whatever. Like it, it, he has like a Deshaun Jackson type like outcome here where that for me, that would be way like, I'd be more than happy with that. Yeah. Him, him being he, Deshaun Jackson is pretty, pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. And even like, I feel like a lot of people move on from the fact that Deshaun, Deshaun Jackson like care, stayed on for a lot longer as, as like a role playing receiver rather than like that's a star receiving guy because he was literally just like a dynamo. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Christian Watson has that appeal. And then obviously you just want to see like, can he put it all together and be like one of the best wide receivers ever? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Joking. He had- but yeah. He had three games last year in which he uh, had over 100 yards receiving um, against the Cowboys, the Eagles, and um, the Lions in the last week of the season. Um, before he kind of made his debut in the season, 
he had a total of what looks to be about 70, 80 ish yards. He ended with 600. So, yeah. Yeah. So he has the skills to be, I think, plus he missed four games last, yes, last year and didn't really play a whole lot in um, the middle, the, I guess the middle six between week four and week eight. They had three games and he was, he missed two of them. Or I guess they had five games and he missed two of them. Um, only three receptions on five targets. Mm-hmm. So like, that's a whole lot of game of just not being racking up yardage. Yeah. Okay. Both agreement on Christian Watson. Yep. Question five, which Packer will have the most receiving touchdowns? Christian Watson had seven to lead the team last year. Alan Lazard had six. Aaron Jones had the aforementioned five. I think, I think it's going to be Dobbs. I think the, Interesting. I think the um, the work that they did in the offseason has clearly manifested in like them having good chemistry and like just the nice fluid back shoulder throws they've been having, and I think just his loves possible propensity to go to his favorite option, which I do think is going to Romeo Dobbs early on. Yes, might might make that number a little inflated um, as compared to Watson getting all the looks even though he's definitely deserving all of them. That's just kind of my, my reasoning for it. For what it's worth, like I've been targeting Romeo Dobbs for this reason, like late in fantasy drafts, just because I think that Christian Watson is going to be the starter to start the season as like the, the clear wide receiver one. But if push comes to shove, I really could see it being um, being Romeo Dobbs by, by the end of the season. Fair, fair. Um... Okay. Sorry, good. Dark Horse, Luke Musgrave. I do feel a little like, like he might factor it. I just, I also, I don't know. If there is a rookie receiver that I would think kind of, at least in terms of production. A Packers rookie receiver or a NFL rookie receiver? Packers receiver. Okay. I'm I'm gonna go Jaden Reed for getting the most touchdowns. I think just productions. I I don't know if I'm gonna go touchdowns. I think I, I'm gonna go Watson here again. I think for as much touchdowns. as I was kind of both. Yeah, for most touchdowns. I th- I think. Musgrave. I went into the last category. Sorry, I, I keep interrupting. No, you're good. I went into the last category going Dobbs, and then I was thinking again. I'm like. Watson just has that big play ability that Dobbs can have that. Or he does have that, but it's not in like the the turning on the afterburners and beating your guy like like in a flash. Yeah. That's Christian Watson. Right. Dobbs, it's like he works you around and it you know, it's a little bit different, methodical kind of thing like that. Right. No, totally get that. Um, I don't think it's a bad pick, for sure. It's just like it's a, I guess it's, it's a different way of looking at it. And obviously that's what these questions are for, right? Um, exactly. I think Musgrave is going to get a lot of a lot of red zone looks. A lot of red zone looks. So he could be a dark horse for this. Like, remember when? That's true. Was, that, was it Bobby Tunyon led, led the team? Bobby Tunyon had like 13 right. in his breakout year. And that's not – I don't think that even led the team because um, – Devontae. Because Devontae was – Yeah. <laughs> Had like twenty or something because he's he was crazy crazy insane, um, yeah. Bobby Tunyon had eleven that year, which like 
I could uh, see eleven leading this team, honestly. So Yeah. I think it's fair. If everybody stays healthy, or yeah. mostly. Yeah. All right. All right. Question six. Which Packer will lead the team in sacks? Um Rashawn Gary. Yeah. Yeah. It has to be. If it's even not. on a even on a pitch count, I think he is gonna rake. Yeah. I don't think there's anyone that can even come really close either. Like I don't think Preston's winning enough because of Rashawn Gary's presence in order to like surpass Gary. Like I could see Kenny Clark getting a few more this year if he's actually down to have a good year. But Rashawn Gary was on an insane pace last year. Like it, if he's back to what he's actually being, which it seems like he might be, I think it's for sure him. Yes. Six sacks in nine games. The <laughs> sack leader last year was Preston Smith at eight and a half. Oh. And it's a full year. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, Rashawn Gary might hit like 15. He ought to. Yeah. Um, that was easy. Yep. Another easy one. Question seven. Probably losing count of what uh, <laughs> question we're on. <laughs> Which Packer will have the most interceptions? Uh, and you cannot say Jordan Love. Pfft. I was uh, waiting for that wrinkle. Um, I I I feel like it's too easy to just say the stars. Like I think it's 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 Jair. Jair led the team with five last year. Right. I think he does it again this year. Because no one at safety is doing it. Nobody. No. Nobody at linebacker is doing it. No. And. I just think Jair is going to have more than Razul and Eric Stokes when comes back. You know what I mean? Like, I just don't think, just don't really think that, that, that that's really an option. So, yeah, Jair. Fair. I will also go Jair. I I think this is going to be a big, big year for him. Hoping so. Hopefully Joe Barry got his. I feel, I feel very, I was very down on Jair after last year. And I've come around and. The good vibes. That's good an vibes. In, that's an interesting sentence to say. After last year, yes, you were down on Jair. Down on Jair, who and then, was and a, then and then and then no all fo- pro, and then no football happened for yeah. for eight months. I think you're and getting not- to the core of the issue here. <laughs> I just want football back, and I like watching Jair Alexander. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Um. Question eight. This is a fun one. Will the Packers have a special teams touchdown this year? Yes. I will say this. I have a meaty context here. Okay. Before Keyshawn Nixon's kick return touchdown last year versus the Vikings. I know. The last time the Packers had a kick return go for a touchdown was Randall Cobb on opening night in 2011. Furthermore, 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 the last time the Packers have had a punt return for a touchdown was on December 28th, 2014, in a 30-20 win against the Lions. Can you guess the player that took home that 55-yard punt return touchdown? 2014? I believe we even mentioned him last week. 2014? 2014. The, the um, good year until it wasn't. Um, 
It's not Jordy Nelson. He was too good to be turning kicks at this point. Punts. No, punts. Punt too. Punts. A little bit different. Too too good to be turning uh, punts at this point. Um, not him. Not it's not Cobb. Oh, I feel like I know this answer, and you're gonna say the receiver, and it's gonna piss me off. Who played slot for them in the middle of the in the middle of the? It would have been Cobb. It would have been Cobb, huh? Maybe. I don't know. Uh, you're looking in the wrong wrong room. I'm looking in the wrong room. Looking at looking at a DB. Mm-hmm. Um, my brain went to Mike McKenzie. <laughs> Mike McKenzie. <laughs> like, About like, ten years back, too late. Right. Um, I'm gonna give myself like ten more seconds. It's not Kevin King. No, he wasn't nope. drafted yet. He's not even nope. close to being drafted yet. Nope. Um, Josh Jones isn't drafted yet either. Um, I give up. Micah Hyde. Oh yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. I was like, I, I, yeah, yeah. Yes, they have a, they have a special teams touch on this year. I think Keyshawn Nixon's too good to not have it happen, but also I think they just play a worse caliber of team this year, and hopefully that that translates to uh, some more opportunities for that to happen. I will also go yes. Uh, because if Keyshawn Dixon is not returning kicks and punts, or at least just one, oh, just give me one. Yeah, it will be a, an assault on the eyes and ears of Packer fans around. He is clearly a talent. Yeah, and I know they're trying to make him work at slot cornerback and all that stuff, but he could change a game with just catching a ball and the touchdown, and then right, right. to the other touchdown. <laughs> Right, exactly. All right. Question nine, I believe. Yep. My favorite question. Will Anders Carlson make 75% of his field goals this year? Over, under. Wow. So I'm looking at three-fourths. I I can do the math. (laughs) We're flipping. (laughs) So hold on. Of his field goal attempts? Field goals. I don't care about extra points. Okay. Um, and nor should you, Packer fan. <laughs> um, golly. I'm saying under. under. Under? Wow. Under. Not anticipating that answer. Under. I, I just am too worried. The The end of a practice before the, the Seahawks game where... Mm, no. They they all cheered around. They got him. to you, Newak. They got to you. <laughs> I, I I think he'll be a decent NFL kicker. I think he'll have some problems this year, given the fact that they also have a new holder and all of the other extenuating circumstances. I don't think he gets to seventy five percent. I'm sorry. I'm obviously going over. Obviously. And I feel like it's going to be a little bit comfortably over. You think it's going to be comfortably over? I think if you hit, if he hits seventy eight percent of his kicks, that's not comfortable. Field goals. I think that's comfortable. (laughs) All right. (laughs) All right. Ready? Yep. Question ten. This is a little bit more general. Who will we think will be the? Breakout player for the Packers this season. 
The breakout player. Um, so that you can take this in any direction. Yeah. Because I have a I have an answer. Um, I want it to be Devontae Wyatt. Mm. I want him to be Kenny Clark 2.0 right away. I don't know if that's in the cards. I'm trying to think of someone like reasonable that isn't already like set to break out. Like Christian Watson, I think is a candidate here because you could set up Christian Watson. If he goes for 1,215 touchdowns, that's certainly a breakout season for him. Same thing with Jordan Love. If he throws for 4,500 yards and 40 touchdowns, that's certainly busting out of the scene. There are a lot of candidates. Oh, man. I guess that's what happens when you go to a young team, huh? Mm-hmm. Um, I guess who is most likely to have a really good year? And I think that all comes back around to, I think, Christian Watson. Like, I think a breakout year is easier for him to achieve than it is easier for Jordan Love or Devontae Wyatt to achieve. Like, I think there's Dark Horse candidates. Did I say, did I say Black Horse earlier? I did. You, you did. I did that, not want to. That, that, that's wrong. Dark Horse candidates. <laughs> Just think of the Katy Perry song. That's right. In a bunch of players between um, Luke Musgrave, Jaden Reed, um, Brendan Cox Jr., and J.J. Anibari. Like, I think all four of those players have potential to really, really make an impact in this special way this year. But when I think of, like, most likely to do that, I think it's Christian Watson. Fair. There's there's different categories, especially... Again, the Packers are ripe with many yep. breakout potential. Exactly. But I like to tier it in different different uh, types of breakout guys. Because Jordan Love, the guys that are, this is their first big year of starters. Obviously, Jordan Love is you know the quintessential example of this. Devontae Wyatt's a good shout out. Mm-hmm. Christian Watson, especially given how his rookie year was. Certainly, I mean, you could obviously say the same for Romeo Dobbs, but different circumstances. There's a lot of different pieces on here. And I, I, I'm going to make this plea before I give my answer. I've seen breakout candidates assigned to rookies, like, drafted high this year. Okay. Like, I saw Jordan Addison. Yeah. This is on the Twitter sphere, or X sphere. Yep. Um pegged as a, a breakout candidate. He was a first round pick. I, I, I see what you're saying. I think that like you are allowed to be a breakout player depending it's on true. like where you went. Like Jamar Chase was never a breakout ca- per, like, player candidate because he was like no. fifth overall. Like he, yeah, was just, he was just expected to be good. Which he is. But like Jordan Addison is a was what the fourth or fifth receiver off the off the uh, board, Give something like that. Out. Maybe, maybe second. Because it was, it was Johnson, Quentin Johnson. I think I forget how, what order they went, but it was like JSN, um, yes, yeah. Quentin Johnson, Jordan Addison, all in that mix, right? And I think that like the twenties is definitely a breakout candidate spot to be picked. Like you just don't know sometimes with receivers picked at that point. So I, I see your gripe. I'll let you have it. I just see the point. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, my player will be Zach Tom. 
that's an interesting like route that I didn't really look at. Like, I just didn't. I just don't think of like offensive linemen as like breakout candidate people because it's harder. One, it's harder to to recognize, and two, it's not as flashy. <laughs> Side note: that is part of why I wanted to make this general question because I needed to look at like okay. We have some young offensive linemen on this team, and I want them to be good. Uh, you can't put, like, over under six and a half pancakes for Smack Tom. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, the old bad and stuff. Right. So, yeah. I, I also just think Zach Tom is the – it's not – I think we look at him this year as, like, the fifth starter. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe not all of us. I shouldn't put the royal we on this. No, um, you can put the royal we on that. But, I think for sure. Like I, th- I think, I, th- I think the Packers, I think Packers fandom expects him to be the fifth starter. I think he's going to end up being a lot more than that. Very soon. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, this is a very talk of the tundra centric question, and I'm excited for this. Question eleven, right? Question eleven. Question eleven. Which Packer will finish with the most cheeses this season? <sighs> What a question. Um, I'm going to go on a limb and say it's going to be a repeat of last year in Aaron Jones. I think he's still the one of the best players on the team and is the least susceptible, the least susceptible to variance games. Like Jair didn't get a lot yes. of cheeses last year because there was times where he was just getting smoked and that happens at times when you go against all-star wide uh, receivers. There's not a whole lot of times when Aaron Jones is like getting stuffed or isn't making um, an impact on offense. So I think he, he repeats as um, cheese master. Cheese master. Yes, I, I agree with everything you said. Aaron Jones is the engine. We all have known this for a while, even the MVP uh, of a couple years but now um, said as much that Aaron Jones is what makes things run with this team. And you have a young quarterback. You have a young offense. You have a young team at overall. Aaron Jones is a leader. Um, trust your leader to get to where you want to go. <laughs> it's as simple as that. They they don't have – he's incredibly talented. He's incredibly versatile. We, it's, it's just a matter of – it's enough singing about his praises just because he is such a – uh, uh, I don't know what to, an anchor to what the Packers do, right? That like, I think when now with everything that has happened over the last however many months, years, really, to kind of go in all in on this identity and realize Aaron Jones is going to be at least for this season. Who knows what the future may bring and all that stuff, but he is going to be the most important Packer to actual success this year. Just trust it, run it, touch it, score it. Right. Bop I, it. I agree. Bop, bop it. Bop it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree with all that. I think, yeah, I think you follow your leader this season, and I think he'll be ahead of the pack, pun intended, on that one. <laughs> okay, we're starting, we're starting to get out of the stack categories. Okay. Kind of thinking broad sweeping questions we have dabbled this with guests we have dabbled this with many pods over the summer it is finally time 
to answer the question. Question 12 on my questionnaire. Who wins the NFC North this year? Oh, man. I feel like I'm allowed to be a homer and say the Packers. You are I, allowed. I am I am allowed to do that. I have free will. <laughs> I'm just trying to think of, like, how bold do I want to go? Do I really want to put that out in the universe? Of course I do. But my desire to be right and my desire for happiness are two different ends of the scale. Um... It's also a reflection of where you stand, even with all the optimism of going into right. the NFL season now. You also know where the Packers stand going into it. Right. I think I, like, I'm just more optimistic about it because they have such an easy schedule. Like, that's part of like one of the benefits of having a down year last year coming into this new season with, with Jordan Love is that their, their schedule is so easy. Like I, I only just I only see maybe four like scheduled losses. And even that is not bad. Kansas City, um, New York, the the Giants. Um, I don't want to say it's scheduled, but it's they're they're a good team. Like they're they're talented. We lost to them last year. So and then both Minnesota games. Or I guess one of Minnesota and one of Detroit are like four losses. That that that's thirteen wins, and I I just I I think that's really 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 too optimistic, reasonably to to predict for the Packers this year. I think they're above five hundred. I just don't know if like ten and seven wins wins the division, considering um, that even though we expect a regression from the Vikings, that they're still the division champion they're, they're still the reigning yeah. champion um so i i guess <sighs> screw it packers i like it's an inspired choice i'm probably gonna be wrong i'm not gonna be it's sad fine. Wrong. this is what it this is what it's about and what if you're right i'll be very happy if i'm right exactly very we're gonna happy. have a lot more to talk about than just predicting that the packers won the division right exactly I am going a different direction. I understandably. I believe the Detroit Lions, after thirty years, finally win a division title. Hopefully, Malcolm's listening. Yes, Malcolm, this one's for you, dog. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so, I guess, do you think the Vikings miss the playoffs, or do you think they're like a wild card team? I think a wild card team. Got it. You just think that. Detroit makes that jump. I think so. I think so. Do you have a record prediction for them? No. Perfect. I obviously obviously it's your uh, Packers prediction uh, schedule, and and I threw it at you. But I was just curious if you had like dabbled in that thought at all. I should have. It's not a problem. Next question. Yep. Question 13, I believe. Will the Packers make the playoffs this year? Yes, because I said they would win the division. Yeah. Um, I, think if has... they, I think if they don't win the division, they still sneak in as a wild card team. Like, I think 9-8, and because the NFC is dog water this year. Yeah. Um, 
I think they can sneak into like the seventh spot as a nine and eight team. Yes. For the record, um, ESPN Analytics had a, a piece out today. They ran through 285 simulations of however their algorithm works with uh, uh, some system. Um, they predicted 8-9 for the Packers this year. That's crazy. It's crazy, but it also just speaks to the just... It, they're an unknown quantity. So much of their... You know what right. I mean? Like, we're very optimistic about what we have seen and what... what right. The, they, and they are so young. Like, it makes sense that they're so... Yes. I guess I guess that the, the simulation is so, I guess, meh on them. But, like, I just look at this team, and I, or the, the schedule, and I, I just don't know where nine losses come from, dude. I really don't, because... I'd be surprised. Right. Like, it's... And it's not to expect... It's not that I expect a winning season. It's just that, like, anything more than, like, nine, ten losses means that, like, nothing has worked out. Like, outside of even Jordan Love. Like, the receivers didn't take a step. Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon might have fallen off. Um, the defense is clearly not as good as we've been hoping for the last couple of years. Like, it's just... It's tough because, like, we just we just don't play any... Like, we, don't, we just don't play a tough schedule. Like, mm-hmm. I've, the AFC West isn't going to be scary. It's just the Chiefs and the Chargers. And we play the Chargers at home in November at Vegas, at Denver in back-to-back weeks. But there's a bye in there, it looks like. Um, I just I, I just don't know. Because then you face the Steelers, who are in the same position. They're, they're fine. We'll see how they are this year. We face the Baker Mayfield-led or Kyle Trask-led Buccaneers at the end of the season at home. We play the Panthers this year, dude. Like, <laughs> play the Falcons and the Saints. Like, it's just... I just I just don't see so many losses there. So I, but that's a tangent. I also believe the Packers make the playoffs this year. I, I think three playoff teams kind of the come out of the north. Three, yes, Lions, Vikings, Packers. Look at the other division that would have three are the, the east. east, and I think the Giants will not be as good. So let's see. Do do you have like a full playoff prediction coming up, or can we can we veer for a second? We can veer. So there's seven spots. And by your prediction, there's now four left. Mm-hmm. No. Four. Four. Yeah, because there's. So you're saying a division winner. So it's two the division. The the division winners and yep. one more wild card team. So of. I am essentially saying I think the Packers take the giant spot. Of the four spots, you're saying one of the Cowboys, the Giants, the Eagles, the Seahawks, and Niners, one of them is missing it. And you think it's the Giants. Right? Okay. Oh, yeah. That's not as egregious as I thought it would be. No, I'm just I'm talking. I, I think the, the Packers, NFC South is dog water again. <laughs> yeah, I think if the Packers win or go to the playoffs, I think they're getting in by the skin of the teeth. Hair, yes, I was going to say hair of their teeth. Um, <laughs> I, I I just think that I think I'm thinking your way, 
but for the East. I think three teams out of the NFC East make it again. And I think, if anything, the Packers might take one of the NFC West team spots. I'm curious as to the Seahawks keep doing what they're doing with Geno. Like, I love Geno. Geno's a good story. He really is. Jake Bobo! Yeah, Jake Bobo. All, <laughs> all of them. But I think things could go, like, pretty poorly in, in San Francisco if the court yes. situation doesn't work out. And Nick Bosa's not showing up Still. as of as of recording, going to week one. But the point being is that there's a lot of variance in, in the Niners team. I think they have a really good team. They are a fringe contender. In they this. also have the two worst teams in the NFC and possibly the NFL in that Exactly. Position. Right. Like it's Whereas I, the East and the North are very similar where I think all four of those teams in that in East Division are just gonna beat up each other. Yes. Like this I think the South too is just like they're all pretty bad and they're just gonna they're... all beat up on each other until one wins out and then the other ones have good draft picks. I feel, I think at the time of recording our division pods, which you can go back and listen to, um, I felt like that was more like, ah, I don't really know where it's going to come from. It's going to be the Saints. It should be the Saints at least. Yeah. I think it should be. I, I've seen bold predictions that the Panthers make it. I'm not really sure. If there's a team that's bold, I think it's Atlanta, but I, there's still things about Atlanta that I don't trust at all. Is it the quarterback? <laughs> uh, is it the, yeah, the tight end? Yeah. So, uh, we'll yeah, see. there's just a lot of stuff. Okay. I, I, I guess we'll see. We'll see. Over under question 13. Uh, I think 14. 14. Over under, the Packers will have two and a half pro bowlers. Over. Last year. Yeah, over. Okay. Two and a half. I think they have one of probably Jair, probably, hopefully, Kenny Clark. Um, and if they're making the um, playoffs, like if, if we're being consistent and not. If you're, if, I was going to say, if, if we're being consistent, picking... then it's somebody on offense. Yeah. Either Aaron Jones, Jordan Love, or Christian Watson, or whoever shines, frankly. So. Yeah, over. I will say, Jair Alexander was the only Packer to be selected to the Pro Bowl last year before players started jumping in. Yeah, but they were pretty bad. They were very bad. Like, Bakhtiari could make it again this year. Mm-hmm. If if Tom shines at right tackle, he Jenkins. can make it. Jenkins. Like they, if they're good, which I'm predicting they're going to be, then they should have more than three. I think Jair more Alexander... Than, more than two. I think the locks for me are Jair Alexander and Aaron Jones and that wild card third guy probably on the offensive line, maybe Rashawn Gary, maybe an improved season from Kenny Clark. Yeah. I think oh, Rashawn Gary just... is an, a, a one too, obviously. We forgot about him. Like yes. if, yeah, he's for sure three then. I'm um, also going over. Um Aaron Jones is hard for Pro Bowl because there's so many good running backs. Like, off the top of my head, like, Bijan might get in because he's a rookie. Um, Saquon, Nick Chubb. Why am I blanking? Christian McCaffrey. Um, Austin Eckler, Tony Pollard, Alexander Madison. Like, all of them are darlings this year coming into their role. Aaron Jones has been given his flowers. 
I don't know if he's he has to have a really special season for him to be, I think, a pro bowler. Which is unfortunate, but Yeah. Fair. It's fair. Question fifteen. Predict if the Packers will have any major award winners this season. If so, who? So I'm talking about MVP, Offensive Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, Comeback Player of the Year, any of the uh, Rookie of the Years, both Offensive and Defensive? Um, I, I might be missing a couple, too. Um, Coach of the Year? I think if, again, this is all under the caveat the Packers are good. If the Packers are good, I think LaFleur gets Coach of the Year. And... I'm going to give Rashawn Gary either comeback or defensive player of the year. Maybe, I think maybe Rashawn both. Gary. Yeah. I think Rashawn Gary comeback player of the year. Yeah. That's as far as that'll go. I do think, and I've already seen some bubbling sentiment towards this as well. I think LeFleur will be talked about if they overachieve. Yeah. Quote unquote. Um, it's going to be a lot of praise for Matt Lafleur, and then if they lose to the 49ers twelve to nine at Lambeau in the playoffs, they're going to be like, "Why can't he do the big one?" Right, you know that kind of thing. Exactly. But, yeah, Sean Gary for comeback player of the year. I think it, football is just naturally. <laughs> if there's any sport that has should have a comeback player of the year award. It's football because of just how. It's just how the narratives work and how storytelling yeah. it's how story story driven it is. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, I think it's Rashawn Gary if he's exactly who he is. Marity? Are you ready? Yes, sir. Now we get to the what these are the questions that have been rattling around my brain okay. for a long time. Okay. Long. Um <laughs> uh what question sixteen? Uh I think it's fifteen, but I have lost count. Yes, 16. <laughs> Will Aaron Rodgers snaps with the Jets this year be 65% or higher? Higher. Yep. Higher. He hasn't, missed, say higher. he hasn't missed a whole lot of games in his past three years. He also doesn't have the same offensive line that the Green Bay Packers built around him. Yeah. Yeah, that offensive line is pretty not good from what I know. So hope I'm knocking on wood all over the place that it's higher. Yeah, but higher. I will also say higher. I can't, I can't say lower for my mental health. Yeah, the guy played with a broken thumb last year and and did want to sit for Jordan Love, knowing that the era was the dawn was ending, right. the new dawn was beginning, the dusk, whatever. Go ahead. Ruin the analogy. Yep. Next question, because it <laughs> pairs beautifully with what I've already asked: Who will have a higher draft pick this year, the Jets or the Packers? Uh the Packers. The Packers, for sure. You took this in a literal way, as in you think it's, like, higher, like, to 32? No, like... You think it's I higher think, up? I, 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 when it comes to higher draft pick, one being the highest draft pick, the, okay. the Packers have a higher draft pick, have a better draft pick than the Jets. You think... So, okay, you... What? Under the guise, under the guise of... You think the Packers are winning the division, yes. winning the playoffs? Yes. Do you think the Jets are just going to be really good this year? Yes. Regretfully. But yes. 
So you're saying they win the AFC East? I say they either win the AFC East or at the top of the the division, it's a dogfight for first. Yeah. Like the Bills were like twelve and five or something last year. And like I don't think they're going to cannibalize each other enough to make the rest of their um their schedule that bad. Because if you think about it, the Jets are in the same boat that the Packers are in in that they have a pretty darn easy schedule this year. I really wish my but they, would, would they have a really hard start. Hard right. beginning. But they have the, the Bills at home. I hate to say this. Rodgers isn't losing in Dallas. He's just not. That's their second game. And then home against the Patriots and the Chiefs. They, they start four of their first four games. Three of them are at home. Then they go uh, Broncos at, in Denver, home against Philly, away against the Giants, which is home. Yeah. Um, the Chargers at, in, in New York, and then in Vegas. Jeez. In Vegas, and then in Buffalo, home against the Dolphins, home against the Falcons, home against the Texans. And then they finish their season at, at Miami, home against the Commanders, at Cleveland, at New England. Like they they just don't have a hard schedule. Yeah, even the teams that they they are on paper in terms of like opponent, mm-hmm. that is that is egregious. Yeah, their defense is going to be good. I think their their I think their entire season rides on whether or not Rodgers can stay healthy behind the line. But but they should be darn good. You changed my answer because I really wanted to go in on because like, they're not going to be that great, right? And I understand like that's kind of the sentiment is that why should we believe in the team that we don't know, we don't know anything about yet? But they won. I wish there was an easy way to see seven it. seven, seven. with Zach Wilson as their quarterbacks, like Mike White and Mike White. Like that's I just don't I don't foresee this team having such struggles with Aaron Rodgers as quarterback, and mm-hmm. like all of their hard games are at home. Yeah, Bills at home, obviously. Chiefs at home. Eagles at home. Chargers at home. And then their last tough game is against the Bills. Like they just, they just, they they play all of their tough battles at home, except for the Cowboys. Yeah. So like, I just uh, that that advantage with a, I'd assume rejuvenated fan base is going to be a big um, plus for them. As much as it pains my heart. I will say the Green Bay Packers will have the higher draft pick. Okay. Got it. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I was so ready, guns a blazing. Anyway, now we're finishing. We're in the, the decent. Let's talk general NFL. Okay. Who do you think comes out of the NFC this year? Um... Man, that's a really good question. I think the Eagles do again. I think that that offense is just so talented that that it it's it just gonna be so hard for them not to. Like I I could see it being the Niners if everything comes together and everything finally falls into place for them. But I think it's in, in any case it's a two horse race between the Eagles and the Niners. I don't think any other team comes out of the NFC. I do. You do. Mm-hmm. Don't say who I think you're going to say. 
No. I think you and I have different opinions of who's coming out. Yes. Or, I'm sorry. I think you and I have different opinions about who you're going to On say. On the team, yes. Yeah. Why that 12th man flag? You think so. Oh, yeah. I don't oh, yeah. hate the pick. That's not who I thought you were going to say. Who? Who do you think I was thought you were going to say the Cowboys. No, 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 no. <laughs> I think they're... No, no. I, I watched Mike McCarthy coach... Stuff. Listen, I, do, I, did, I, did, I did as well. I just think like they they did some of the right things this offseason. And I just that was like the only other like edge contender that I thought you were going to say. I think the I think you saying the Seahawks surprised me a lot. If everything comes together, they have the talent offensively. They have two all-pro wide receivers. Maybe not all pro. I wouldn't say Lockett is. DK Metcalf is. Kenneth Walker is really good. I, injuries got to him by the end of the last year, but that was a rookie. Mm-hmm. Um, their offensive line is much improved by what it was at the end of the Russell Wilson era. Um, defense, I mean, that's always been kind of their calling card, even when things that were going a little astray. Right. I, I think the Eagles are going to be a little bit more. They did a lot of interesting things. I think they did a lot of things to improve their team for the long term. I don't necessarily think it's it's really hard to repeat. It is. It's really hard. Not even just repeat. Just coming out of the same conference two years in a row. Yeah. I think that. Uh, I just I, I just think there's so much. That might not talent. apply to a team in the AFC. Yeah. Because of who they have at quarterback. But like. Well, that that's the thing with with the with the Eagles too is that they have that same level of talent in like Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes being elite All Pro quarterbacks, but the Eagles have talent throughout. Like Mahomes, I don't think their defense is as good though. I don't think it is either, but they have a, such an elite offense that it's going to be hard for teams to keep up with them. Like it's it's going to be hard. Yeah, and I think like Mahomes is a rising tide of lifting all ships like he, he's lifting Marquez Valdez Scantling Kadarius Tony uh Sky Moore Rasheed Sky Rice Moore. and then yeah. Travis Kelsey being obviously the, the big guy and then same thing with Isaiah Pacheco and Jarek McKinnon like besides Kelsey they don't have elite talent on that offensive side Mahomes helps make them very very good um the flip side of that coin is that Jalen Hurts is really good at being a quarterback Patrick Mahomes, still the best quarterback in the NFL. Jalen Hurts in that next tier. But the talent around Jalen Hurts is so freaking good. Like between Dallas Goddard, A.J. Brown, and Devonta Smith. And now they have DeAndre Swift and um, Kenneth Rashad Penny and Kenneth Gainwell. Like they just have options at running back. They can just go with the The lines all together too. That's the Exactly. Like I just think there's so much cohesion on that offensive side that they can't help but not score enough points to win them games. Uh, it's all fair. I think both teams beat each other in the conference championship. Yep. I think it, I think it's a repeat or it's a rematch of last year. Yes. Was it a rematch? Yep. Because No, it's San Francisco. That's what I'm saying. Wait, what? I, that, no, no, no. That, that, uh, I'm saying Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah, the yeah, NFC yeah. championship is a rematch. I'm saying Seahawks, Eagles. Uh, correct. Yeah. 
just made that clear for our top listeners, top thoughts. <laughs> um, same question for the different AFC. conference. Who's coming out of the AFC? <clears throat> um, for the same reason of why you said it's you don't think it's me, Philly. I don't think it's Kansas City again. I think Kansas City got. I don't want to say like. Also, great. they're all pro defensive tackle. Chris Jones is in a contract holdout, and yep. Unless if something changed as recorded, no, he might not play week one. Yeah, yeah, nothing, nothing has changed that way. Um, I'm just like I, I think it's so hard to do that, especially when because like the the reason I picked the Eagles out of the NFC again is because the talent gap between the Eagles and the rest of the conference is significant. When it comes, really, I, I, yeah, I think the Eagles are like if everything goes sort of chalk the, the they're Eagles, one a yeah they're they're one in yeah in the nfc and then there's everybody else like they're i just don't think like the niners are close um at, at their at no. their peak i just don't i just i just can't get there with them even though i think they're good i think like i said it'll be a i think it's going to be a niners there's a fruit fly flying by me um i don't think it's gonna i think it's gonna be eagles niners in a championship game again i just think it's the Eagles just have so much more talent than the Niners do. With that being said, I think the AFC is a much, much, much harder question to answer because the top that like ten and seven might not get you in the playoffs in this conference. Between no. the Bills, the Jets, the Dolphins, the Ravens, the Bengals, the AFC South winner, and then <laughs> Jaguars with a bullet. Yep, sorry, the Jaguars. Mm-hmm. I was thinking the NFC South. That's why it was all wrong. But then mm-hmm. the Chargers and the Chiefs. That's eight teams. And all of them, I think, are going to be pretty pretty good when it comes to the, their record. Um, I, just, I, I don't think 10-7 and 7 gets you in. I don't. I think you're going to have to win 11 to 14 games to, to get into the playoffs. And then it's... Then it's... A different season altogether. Then it's a different season You're playing altogether. against an elite of the elite. I, the, right. I think, like, the, the NFL this year is so top-heavy with the AFC. Like, it's just... It's just... I think it's... Best team, I think I'm just go, going to say the Chiefs to make it easier on my argument right now. Because they're the reigning champion. They have to be. It's the Chiefs, the Eagles, and then the rest of those seven teams outside of, like, the Niners maybe sneaking out above, like, the Chargers or something. The Chargers or something. Like, it's just... It's just hard. It really is picking a team to come out of this conference. Um, I want to say the Bills because I want the Bills to win. I really do. I want to say the Bengals because I want the Bengals to win. <sighs> um, I think the Cincinnati Bengals get back to the Super Bowl. Mm. And no, I will not be elaborating further. Because there's so much, so much to talk about with this conference that it's yeah we'd be here for hours. And your answer is not wrong. Any answer of the top teams, yeah, is not wrong. I did think you were going to about to say Jets, which I may I went like this a little bit. I I no I I think, um, it, but it's not inconceivable. Oh, it's absolutely not inconceivable. Absolutely not. Um, yeah. The only reason it's 
like I should say the only reason. One of the reasons I didn't pick them is purely fandom. Like I want the Bengals to win. I want the the Bills. To also, win. I don't know if their coaching staff has it. I also have seen Rodgers in the playoffs the last decade is like a big part of like me going walking over to Potawatomi and putting a a bet on them as the future Super Bowl winner. Like I just think it as a former former as a Packers fan with formerly <laughs> having Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Believing in him to get the job done after all these years is a fool's errand in my brain. That's fair. Who is your pick? You make valid points. This is a really hard division. And as much as like we look at, at the Chiefs as like this infallible being, especially by the when they won last year, um, in a really hard game. Um there's a lot of things that, like, they're not perfect. Yep. They're not perfect. Nope. If they don't have Chris Jones, even if he plays half a season, whatever goes on with that contract negotiation, it's mm-hmm. serious enough that he's willing to miss football games. Yeah. So it's not a given that he's – whatever's going on, he's going to be at peak performance. Mm-hmm. But Mahomes is the ultimate X factor and mitigating factor in any discussion that we have. Bengals – it's a tough one. Joe Burrow's health is going to be on the minds of everybody, given just how the preseason was. Yep. Ravens are fine. They'll be better. I think they're going to be better than people think. I think yes. Lamar actually having people to throw to is going to be huge. Yes, 100 And a different offensive coordinator. They ran whatever offense that you want to call it. That It was run into the ground. But literally. literally. Yeah. Um. I'm going but Bills. I'd be happy with that. Like, I, I want a lot of players on that team to win a ring. I think, too, they, they've they had a l- tough breaks and stuff like that. So many. So many. And, but, like, it... I will say, bold prediction. If the Bills don't go to the Super Bowl, um, Stefan Diggs is gone. Gone, gone. I don't think... I Yeah, I think that's... Yeah, 100%. I just I think he I think he's been pretty fed up with uh the state of things in that organization the last few years in general. And mm-hmm. that was evidenced by the way he I don't want to say acted because that makes it sound childish, but the way he carried himself with the team this offseason. Yeah. I think if they don't make the Super Bowl, he's asking for a trade without a doubt. Yeah. He's got um potentially one year left on his deal after this year. So he got next year under contract and the bills have an out with 22 million dead cap to go with it. Otherwise he's on the books for, um, including this year, five more years. Mm. So that's just a little bold prediction for you. So you have Eagles Bengals. Yes. Who wins that Super Bowl? Uh, I think, man, that'd be a really good Super Bowl. That'd be a really good Super Bowl. Two two teams that have the, the the past two losers. Yeah. Oh, that'd be a good Super Bowl. Um I think the Philadelphia Eagles win the Super Bowl. They were so close last year. The Bengals were also close, but not I don't I don't think they were as close. If that makes they sense. They weren't as as the Eagles were playing to how good they were, their defense is not as good as they were in one game versus the whole season. Yeah, the Bengals were in a dogfight with the Rams. With the game. Rams, it was a different kind of thrilling game. Yeah, 
I think it's just without a penalty last year, the Eagles won a football game. Like that just it's 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 one mistake that cost them the game. It wasn't like they played poorly. I guess Jalen Hurts' fumble was a big turning point in that game as yes. well. But um I just think to look at the Super Bowl and like twenty three twenty is a damn close game. They took the Rams took the lead with a minute left to go in the fourth quarter. Like I think it's just it's interesting. I'm trying to see. Joe Burrow had only one touchdown and 22 completions, so no interceptions. Just a uh, a tough game because the Rams defense was very good. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think it's the Eagles. I'm going Bills over the Seahawks. B- Bills over the Seahawks. Hmm. How about that? I fine. <laughs> they finally started the wagon. They finally, they finally do it in five tries. Alrighty. Any more? Is that the last question? That was the last question. That was my questionnaire. Wow. Well, thank you for putting that together. I enjoyed going in blind to all of it. No problem. With that being said, folks, this sign-off is officially the end of the off-season. No more off-season pots from us. We are now getting into in-season pods coming at you in your podcast feeds on Friday is going to be the Bears preview for week one. Talking about same thing we did last year. Look into the game, big matchups. Since it's week one, we'll look at sort of what the Bears did last year, or last year, this offseason and last year, I suppose, as to how this will all shake out. And that'll be the cadence for the rest of the year. Preview of the matchup coming up recap of the game coming into your feeds either Sunday night or Monday morning then preview for the next game after that so two times a week you'll be hearing from us the rest of the year until January so with all that being said a couple of plugs before we sign off head over to gspn.info to get all things Eurostep podcast network Um, as I pull up the pods for the umpteenth time very late into the, the recording. The uh, Eurostep boys, Ty Rohan, recorded uh, last Thursday about the Bucks adding Ty Ty Washington Jr. Um, to a, a two-way as a backup point guard. Um, very big development for them, as I think Mr. Ty Windish is a very big Ty Ty Washington fan. So go check out that and listen to that. Uh, cruising for a bruising, the... Bruce just wrapped up a three-game series against the Philadelphia Phillies and beat two out of three from them. Unfortunately, lost tonight to the Pittsburgh Pirates. Um, Monday, they lost, obviously, to the Pirates. But go check out uh, Cruising for Bruising as Andrew Snyder and Adam McGee go the last month of the regular season into the playoff push after sweeping, or not sweeping, losing two of three to the Cubs and taking two of three from the Phillies. So it'll be a battle all the way down to game 162. So... And then last but certainly not least is make time for this. Uh, Looks like there is a new pod that was released on Friday titled The Chaotic and Sexy Passages and what ratings contrary to that surrounds Ira Sachs' film says about U.S. censorship. So, with that being said, Jordan, do you have anything else? No. I'm spent. You're spent. Spent. Well, thank you for putting all that together thank you listener for listening and we cannot have or cannot wow 
Let's rewind. Wait. We cannot wait to cover this season. It's going to be great. As you heard our predictions, I'm expecting a good season, but also expecting just to have fun. So, Mm -hmm. all right, folks. Hope you enjoyed it. Thank you for listening. And Jordan, thank you. Thank you. Today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.